This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. And welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And don't forget that you can find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. If you're not already following us on Instagram, we would love to have you. We put up notices about each new episode every single Friday over on our Instagram account. So, you know, it's summer and we lose track of things and that happens and that's fine. Lord knows I do. But if you're following us on Instagram, then you'll always know when a new episode has dropped. We also have fun and funny memes and encouraging things and words of support for you all throughout the week on our Instagram account. So, just as a little reminder, if you're not following us, we'd love to have you over at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. Okay, this is episode 149 of Sorta Awesome, and it is June. And just as a reminder, our theme for the month in the month of June, in this, the year of the awesome 2018, is basically just stuff that I like. <laughs> because it is my birthday month. And one of the things that I love more than anything in life is catching up with and talking to for hours on end, honestly, my sister Emily. It has become something of a summer tradition for Emily to come to Sorta Awesome. You can find her past episodes, episode 65 from back in summer of 2016 called Sisters, Singles, and Tingles with Emily Harris. That was the one, Emily, do you remember? And first of all, hello and welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Of course. That was the one where we introduced the awesome community to ASMR. Yes. Which some people hated us for. And some people were like, oh, thank you for this. Right. Do you still like the ASMR? Oh, I love ASMR. Okay. I've listened to to it. Probably... Five days out of the week. Really? Yes. Okay. It's such a good relaxation technique. It really is. I still I still love my ASMR channels too, Absolutely. for sure. One of my new ASMR discoveries too that I love is makeup tutorials. Like oh, yes. Just Lots watching of people, people get tingles. Makeup tutorials and haircuts. Yep. I love to Absolutely. watch somebody get a haircut. I'm getting tingles Lots just thinking tingles. Okay. And then last summer, Emily came back to Sort of Awesome in episode 106 with questions only your sister would ask. So you can listen to her past episodes back then. Um, we have a little um, experimental show that we've put together. We've sure. never done anything like this on Sort of Awesome. We'll get to that in a minute. I'll explain 
slate a little bit more, we're basically going to be kind of selling you on some of our favorite topics that we love to talk about. And we're going to do it under the gun. We've got a timer limiting us to five minutes per topic because you and I can just go on and on and on. Five minutes is going to go by really fast. (laughs) Going to go by real quick with some of these topics. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this episode the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, the moment of the show when we share about the books, the music, the podcasts, movies. Did I see movies? Whatever. That we are into that's making our life a little bit more awesome this week. Emily, I can't wait to hear what you've brought for us this week. Okay, so my awesome of the week is a little controversial. Okay. I will admit, it's a Netflix series. I know you know it, 13 Reasons Why. Yes. You texted me to see if I was watching it. I was like, no, I can't. It's too intense. And you know, the more I got into it, the more I was like, yeah, Megan should not watch this. (laughs) Because you have kids. I think the reason why it was was okay for me to watch is because... I don't have children. Yes. But if I was a mom, I would just be horrified and terrified. Okay. Well, okay. Push pause because first of all, it's true. Emily is my filter, my media filter. Absolutely. (laughs) She understands my sensitivities. She knows what I can handle, what I cannot. In fact, the last season of Orange is the New Black, which you and I both loved as a series. Yes. You texted me when you finished it and you're like, don't watch this one. Right. Because I can't handle it. too much. It's sensitive. Um, Okay. But so no, I haven't watched any, not even a little bit. Okay. It's called 13 13 Reasons Why. Why. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you have watched it. Yes. And so tell us why it's your awesome of the week. So. You've watched both season one and season two. I've watched season one and season two. Okay. And you just finished season two. I just finished season two the other day. Okay. It's so controversial because it deals with the topic of teen suicide. So that's something that can be painful to talk about, um, especially when it comes to depression. You know, depression, I feel like, is still one of those topics that no one wants to talk about. There's like, still a huge so, stigma yes, with depression, so many people, sure. I experience anxiety and depression. Um, I know a lot of people that do. They don't really like to talk about it as openly as I do because mm-hmm. um, there's still, I feel like, still such a stigma mm-hmm. When it comes to mental health issues. So, you know, I will say that it is a very deep diving show. Um, It is not for the faint of heart. Okay. But I I see how it can benefit families um, in terms of bringing up issues that that come up with high schoolers that maybe parents are not aware of. It's one of the big themes of the show is that parents are not always aware of what's going on with high schoolers. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is it a show that you can slash should watch with your teenagers, do you think? I think there are some pretty heavy moments okay. in the show that are pretty shocking. There's there's uh, one in season one, and there's a couple in season two that are very hard to watch. Like, I actually cried okay. when I saw one episode. And you're not a episode crier. And, right. I'm not a crier when it comes to TV. Maybe do some research on what exactly you're going to see. Um, or what your your you know your teen would see if they watch this, right? I wonder too, even like if you are don't have the sensitivities like I do, if you as a parent might watch it and then take some of the the things that are addressed, Absolutely. like some of the situations, some of the things, and it could be like a conversation starter. Even Absolutely. if you and your teens don't watch it, sure, it could be a conversation starter with right. them. So yes, that's such a great idea. Okay, so that was season two of Thirteen Reasons Why. Yes, streaming on Netflix. Streaming on on Netflix, and it was awesome for you. Like you 
you, it's not it like a, powerful. It's, yeah, powerful. It it's not like impact. a woohoo, yes. but it's like yeah. Still, I'm still thinking about um, the last episode that I watched. Yes. you know, the last episode in the show is still very powerful and okay, thought provoking. Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you for that, and we will definitely have some follow up conversation. In fact, there have been some threads in the Hangout group. I think absolutely about the series. Yes. So. Um, okay, we're going to take a turn for my awesome of the week because it is okay. the opposite direction okay. of Thirteen Reasons Why. My awesome of the week, you guys. No. Nobody's more surprised about this than me is this season of The Bachelorette. Oh, yes. You've gotten back into that show. <laughs> back into Interestingly. it. Interestingly. Uh, I haven't watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I never have watched, really watched a season of The Bachelorette. I watched season one and maybe season two of The Bachelor when it came out all these years ago. It was like in 2002 or one. Yes. It was when I, I was remember teaching. watching it in college. Yes, yeah, exactly. And yes. I was teaching. So it was a long time ago. Right. And eventually I was just like, this show is so demeaning and so demoralizing for women. And I hate the concept. I hate the whole thing. It's It's so (laughs) anti-feminist. Okay. You are right about all of those things. But here I am, 2018. I'm coming back to Bachelor Nation. And I'll tell you who to blame is Knox and Jamie of the podcast. Our dear friends, friends of Sorta Awesome. Those recaps. Yes, it's the recaps they are doing for their Patreon supporters. So I have been supporting uh, the podcast on Patreon for a while because I love their work. The podcast makes a big difference in my life. And so they started doing their Bachelor and Bachelorette recaps again. And I was like, I'll listen because I love Knox and Jamie and I'll listen to them talk about anything. So I listened all the way through Rachel's Bachelorette season. Okay. Then I listened through... Ari's? Ari's? Bachelor season. Yeah. Okay, so here we are with... Um, Becca. Becca is the bachelorette. Yeah. Had a moment of forgetting there. I could picture <laughs> her, but I forgot. And this time I was like, you know what? They are having so much fun with these recaps. And I, in the past, had just kind of been imagining like an audiobook. Yes. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> these seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette playing out. But this year I was like, you know what? I just, I need something fun. I need, I need a, a little, a little vacation in my mind. Right. So I'm just going to go back and try watching it. Here's, here's why I hadn't watched it. Not only did I have some philosophical problems with it. Right. Um, I would get, would get so embarrassed for people. I'd have so much secondhand embarrassment for the contestants on there. Well, yeah, that's kind of natural because <laughs> people act like idiots on that <laughs> show. I, I watch it. You've watched Don't like almost every season. I have watched every season up until the past year. I started having bachelor burnout with it because <laughs> I get so ideological and I'm like, yes. I need to find a guy like so-and-so. And that's oh, not real life. Right. Yes. For me. So exactly. yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, um, I just have been having so much fun with it and I'm even letting AJ watch it with me, which is probably a poor parenting choice, but we're just having fun with it. So right. anyway, that that season just came out and we are all in on Becca watching her on this road to hopeful happiness. Okay, so that's season whatever millionth one yeah, of The know. Bachelorette. It's Becca's season. It's on ABC right now. We are having the best time with it. So that's been my awesome of the week. Don't forget that every single Friday we open up the floor in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group for you all, the awesomes in our community, to share what's awesome in your life this week. So if you have not already, we would love to have you join us over there in our Sort of Awesome Hangout group. And you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash sorta awesome hangout. 
Okay, awesomes, raise your hand if you are going to be leaving on a jet plane sometime in the next few months. If you are packing your bags for a getaway or even a little staycation anytime soon, I can tell you that the most awesome bag to have at your side is a suitcase from Away. I love Away. I like to joke around about how hard I am on stuff and how nice things sometimes get broken in my possession, but that will never be the case with my Away carry-on bag because all Away suitcases are made from premium German polycarbonate that's so lightweight, it bends, but it never breaks. Thank goodness for me. All of Away's carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines, so they can maximize the amount you can pack. I love that I can fit nearly a week's worth of clothes and shoes into my Away bag. It's a special kind of packing magic they've got going on there. Both sizes of the carry-on can charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything that's powered by a USB cord. And a single charge of your Away carry-on bag will charge your iPhone up to five times. All Away bags come with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for you for life. So if you would like to grab an Away bag and get $20 off of your suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout. That's $20 off of your Away suitcase when you go to awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout. Thank you, Away. Okay, awesomes, here it is the middle of June. I hope I'm not the only one who has not yet gotten a Father's Day gift for my own dad. That's because he's almost impossible to shop for. But one thing that is true about my dad that has been true for a long time is he loves to tell stories. And that's why I love to give the gift of StoryWorth. StoryWorth is a company that makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories, the stories of their life with weekly emailed story prompts, questions that you may never think to ask. At the end of the year, they get their stories back all bound in a beautiful hardcover book and you get to know your loved one in a whole new way. When you purchase a subscription from StoryWorth, each week StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply respond to that email with the story. They can even call and record it over the phone. All the stories are private and shared only with family that you choose. StoryWorth is truly an awesome way to learn more about your loved ones and preserve their memories, memories that you can then pass on to your children and their future families. It also makes an amazing last minute gift. For $20 off of your StoryWorth subscription, go to storyworth.com slash awesome when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash awesome for $20 off when you subscribe to StoryWorth. Thank you to StoryWorth and happy Father's Day to all of our awesome dads. Okay, like I said at the top of this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different that we've never done on Sort of Awesome before, and it's inspired in part by our long ago sorority days. Chi Omega. That's right. When we were in the Chi Omega house, uh, when we were in college, one technique for, I guess you could call it like analyzing things, sure. discussing things, maybe like a discussion framework that we learned back in those days was called pro-con-pro, where you're discussing either a situation, an event, uh, making a decision, all of those things that fall into sorority life when we would come together as a chapter to discuss. Our discussion framework was pro, con, pro. So we would say a pro about a thing, then we would bring up the cons, right. and then we would end it on a pro. So it's kind of like a positive Kept way. Kept us on task. Kept us on task, for sure. Right. When you have lots of girls in a room trying to make a decision, it can get a little off track really fast. So Absolutely. anyway, that 
whole framework has actually served me really well in life me as an too. adult. Absolutely. I use it in my classroom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. With your kids, you were telling me you actually, you don't call it pro con pro, but you use the whole idea. Right. For, I with call it compliment sandwich and I do a lot of peer critique. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Remind everybody what you do for okay, your yes, day job. Absolutely. I am an art teacher. I'm a middle school art teacher. And so I want kids to be reflective, not only on their work, but their peers' work. I will have them give themselves a compliment sandwich. Like, I did really well on this. Um, I, I frame their con with a sentence that says, what would happen if you... Ooh, I like that. Like that next way, time, what would yes. happen if you... If this? you were to do this again, oh, what would you do differently? Good. That way... You know, it's hard for kids to critique each other without you yeah. know, worrying about hurting each other's feelings. Yes. So that's really good. And then they end on another compliment. And then they end on a okay. on a good note. Yes. yes. Okay. So here's what we're doing. Emily and I, of course, being sisters, Emily's 14 months younger than me. We are lifelong best friends. We talk all the time in all of the ways. All the time. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Between texting, phone calls, Instagram messages, Facebook messages, Voxer, like we are constantly talking. And so we know each other, obviously pretty well. And so what we've done is we have brainstormed five topics for the other person to discuss Mm -hmm. in the pro con pro framework of discussion. So we're kind of almost kind of informing, but also kind of selling you on some of these things that we're into all of these. Yeah, exactly. Passionate about every single thing. That we're, we have put on this list is something that we know for a fact that the other person likes and is into and has a lot of words to talk about. So we're about mm-hmm. to pro con pro some stuff. Now, to keep ourselves on track, I have got a big bad clock. She's going to be real strict with this yes. clock here. Big bad clock is a shout out to other members of the Baby Nation listeners of Babysitter's Club Club podcast, which you are not. I'm so sad that we do not share that love and joy. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You guys start at the beginning. Anyway, um, I am going to put five minutes on this clock, though, and we are going to time each other once we get going. Okay. Who wants to go first? You go first. I give you a topic first? You give me a topic first. Okay, here we go. Now, as you just said, and I'm going to tell you when the timer starts, as we just said, you teach middle schoolers. How many years have you been teaching middle school? I have been teaching middle school for... <laughs> 11 years. 11 years of experience. 11 years six, teaching middle school. Yes, with sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Mostly yes. seventh and eighth Mostly graders. Mostly seventh and eighth. Okay. So I know you, and I know that you always have a lot of words about middle schoolers. And since I myself have a middle schooler right now, I'm so thankful for your insights. But are you ready? Do you think you can talk for five minutes? Pro con pro. I am ready. Okay. Pro con pro middle schoolers ready and go. Okay. A pro about middle schoolers. Is that they are so goofy. Yes. They make me laugh all of the time. Totally. There are some one-liners from this year. This was said to one of my friends. Tupac was around in the 50s, right? In the 50s? <laughs> How hilarious is that? Yes. Another one is, uh, I asked a student, just being silly, I love to ask them questions that I know the answers to. Mm-hmm. I said, what does the word trigger mean? You keep saying that oh word. Oh my gosh, Daisy says that all the time. Oh, I'm so triggered. She said, Miss Harris, it means angry in Spanish. <laughs> How great is that? Yes, yeah, perfect. Oh my now goodness. we all know. There so, yeah, are they're lines so like that. And goofy. They are just goofy kids. So, con. a con. They, and this is through no fault of their own, this is totally developmentally normal. 
They are so egocentric. It is so hard for them to have empathy. We have to teach empathy. It's not something that comes natural mm-hmm. for preteen, and early by, teens. By egocentric, you mean that they are cognitively, literally focused on themselves. Oh, yes. The Absolutely. ego Everything of, that is controls about them. their life. Yes. No matter what happens, it's related back to them. It's hard for them to view uh, certain situations and from other perspectives. That's uh, something else that we really yeah. work on and teach them. One thing I've noticed, too, about Daisy at this age unlike any other time in her life, she's very concerned about the way she looks all the time. Oh, absolutely. Which is so striking because she's never been one to, she's literally never cared. She, I had to remind her to brush her hair, brush her teeth. Now she's like really focused on how oh, yeah. she looks and, and thinks everybody else notices how oh, she yes. looks all the time. And I remember being like that when I was in middle school. Yeah. If they get one tiny spot on their oh, my shirt, gosh. Yes. they will worry about it the rest of the day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're just sure everybody's focusing oh, on yes. that for sure. Absolutely. So, that's so hard. That's hard about being a middle schooler, yes. and it's hard about being around middle schoolers, right. for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what are some like sort of positive ending notes that we can remember about middle okay. schoolers? I will tell you that middle schoolers, if you can captivate them with a story, they will listen to every word. They love storytelling. And a lot of times I will teach them lessons. I will give them life lessons through storytelling. They love that. Okay, one last big pro to end on for before your time runs out. What's one last big pro about middle school? Okay, they make me laugh every day. Yeah. Honestly. They're so funny. They're so funny. They really are. Yeah. Very funny kids. Okay. That was five minutes on middle schoolers. Oh, that went by so fast. I know. Five minutes goes by really fast when you're talking. Goodness. Trust me. This is something I deal with my whole life. Okay. All right. What's my first topic? I'm scared. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) I I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, okay? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, Every time I come visit you. Wait, 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 wait. How many of our conversations have started with? Um, don't be I, mad. Don't be mad. I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, comma, but. But you need to know this. Every time I come to your house, I feel like I feel like I'm entering a library of Catholic books. Oh, a shrine, maybe. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, as your listeners know, mm-hmm. one of the big moments of the past year, of nine months. Life. Yes. My life also. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is you joining the Catholic Church? Yes. And I see so many books that <laughs> You're I... are like looking around even in my room. Yes. There's like all this Catholic stuff in here. <laughs> I see so much literature on Catholicism. Yeah. And some of the books that I saw in your kitchen, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if she would care if I read this. Mm, I would not care. So you are very, in, you are very involved. You're very passionate. Yes. You love everything Catholic. Yeah. You love everything Catholicism. All true. It's true. Talk to me about... Pro-con, pro the Catholic Church? Yes. <laughs> in five minutes? So like 2,000 years five of... five minutes. Church there we go. Into five minutes. Condensed. Okay. Um, all right. Let me set the timer on myself because okay. you know I'm going to need to yes. have a timer to rein myself in here. So, pro. I think for me, um, obviously, I'm very enthusiastic about it. And in when I shared our conversion story um, earlier this spring at, at Easter, I said this, and this is really, really true. I feel like I'm connected to something bigger. Even though I have been a Christian, you know, baptized when I was five years old, I've been right. a Christian for a long time. For the first time in the spiritual component of my life, I feel like I'm connected to the bigger thing. 
and I don't say this to disparage my spiritual background or upbringing or anything, but a lot of it was so like personal. It's about your personal relationship with Jesus, your personal devotional time. In the Catholic Church, everything is much more communal. From the prayers that are said together, the actual verbiage is a lot of we, our, um, collective pronouns, um, because Catholicism really is about the the universal church, both universal around the globe and back through time. Right. I can honestly say I feel so much less lonely as a person now Mm -hmm. that I am Catholic. Um, I read the stories of the saints. I, you know, read theology from a a long time ago. And I see in the stories of other people's lives, the continual, like just the human experience. And it gives me so much what's the word peace peace and comfort Comfort. yes to know that like i'm not alone in whatever struggles come up in the faith walk the you know the life of faith there's so much sharing together of it and that is built into catholicism in a very big way Mm -hmm. um so yeah and I, i just like oh another thing that i love about it i have to say this before we get to the cons is one of the things that drew me into the catholic church is the mystery of it all, the unexplainability of right. it. And I have come to see mystery in a new way, in the sense that it's not just like, oh, it's a mystery we can never understand. Maybe someday we'll understand when we get to heaven. It's more like um, a mystery that's like a deep pool that you can jump into and swim and just keep going. You just keep It can go deeper and deeper and deeper. Like the unexplained miracles that have happened? I mean, the miracles, but even just like the mysteries, the ideas, like the theology of the Christian faith. Okay. So actual miracles, certainly, but just like trying to comprehend what it is that it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. There are so many layers to it, and you can keep diving and going as deep as you want to, and there's still more to learn. Wow. But if you need to take a break and get out and sit on the side of the pool and catch your breath and just like sit for a little bit, that's also okay. Right. So I love that about the Catholic faith. It just, it feels like there's so much depth there to explore and discover. Con, it is hard as a Catholic in 2018, I feel like, to reconcile ancient church teachings that the church has upheld and defended through the years in some social aspects. I talked to you about this again in our conversion story, some LGBT issues, Mm -hmm. um, matters of women ordination. These are things that are hard to grapple with as a person living in 2018, trying to reconcile those things. And I have to say that I do feel like there's a lot of space and freedom to grapple. Mm -hmm. Um, But there there are things that still agitate me in my spirit that I'm working through. That that you may have some self-doubt about. Definitely. Yes, for sure. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so those are some cons. But pro, to finish, I think that there are, if you are even Catholic curious and want to discover what other people have found in the Catholic Church, I mean, I can talk forever about it, but there's so many beautiful amazing conversion stories out there. Um, I mentioned recently on the show, Jen Fulweiler's Something Other Than God. She converted from being completely atheist to Catholicism. Oh, so such a great read. So good. I have liked, I've been more drawn to the ones of Protestants converting to Catholicism. So like Scott and Kimberly Hahn's book, Room Sweet Home was very important for me. Um, I just picked up one that I have been loving. That's not exactly a conversion story. Kind of, It's a conversion story with theology woven in okay. by Dr. John Bergsma that's called Stunned by Scripture, How the Bible Made Me Catholic. I saw that in yes, your kitchen. Yes, it's in my kitchen right okay. now. Yes. It's so good. And it's so short too. So, oh, 
my timer's ringing. Okay, that means I'm done. Five minutes. But I'll put links into the show notes if you're Catholic curious and you want to discover more. Okay. <sighs> you okay. did it. I did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> okay, next topic for you. Oh my gosh. Going from a topic, I put this on my list because... You are the person. We're going from a topic that I love to talk about to I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you that I am very uncomfortable with, ah. and you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, because Emily, you are the person when I am freaking out in an airport. You're the person that I call, and I'm like, I think I might miss this flight. What am I gonna do? And also, you um, hold my hand and prep me and talk me through even just packing that's true and knowing what the latest tsa things are that's very true because you are a person emily who loves air travel i love it it's a passion of mine which is such a weird thing to say <laughs> like how weird of a person person am i to love to fly i know some people that hate it um you know me and i hate it yeah I really get, I have so much travel anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety around flying, but tr you really do love it. Like the, I do. the thought of, even if you were to just hop on a plane from Dallas to Oklahoma city, which is what, like a 30 minute flight, 40 minutes tops, 40 minutes tops. you love it. So I do. Okay. So let's talk about, I want you to talk about the topic of air travel. I want you to pro con pro it for me. Um, help me have a better understanding of what there is to be to find. That's awesome about air travel. Let me wait. Let me get my time. Let's okay. Go get your time. Because I know ready. you could talk about this. I one could for a talk long time. about this for a long time. All right. Ready to go. So honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind is the, is the sense of exhilaration no. that I get during takeoff. Really? Sounds so simple. I just love it. Takeoff landing. I don't know because when you're saying exhilaration, I'm thinking terror. So <laughs> So you like Wait, the actual? You are scared when during takeoff. I didn't. I didn't used to be. I didn't used to be. But okay. now it, the whole thing—it's getting worse. I feel like my travel. Oh my gosh! Is getting worse. I feel like it is too. Yeah. Anyway, that's another topic okay. for another day. But so you're saying like the actual physics of it when you're on a plane and Absolutely. you're like start accelerating and take yes. up off the ground. The you fact love that, that I am flying in the air—that right. my body is in the air. All right. In a sense. Well, let's not forget that not only are you passionate about and enjoy just the act of flying, but also um, you like to research the plane. I do. I have an obsession with the aircraft. aircraft. The aircraft. I yeah. love different. I love just learning about different types of aircraft, whether it be for private use or commercial use. Doesn't really matter. I mean, to the extent that you wanted to, there was a short time when you wanted oh, to be an airline college, pilot. Yes. I almost was like, why am I an art major? I really just want to fly. Yeah. Life happened. I still would love to get my private pilot's license. Yeah. Eventually. Now, when you do all this research on planes and aircraft, does it help you? Like, do you think that that's actually what helps you love air travel more is because you kind of have a better understanding yes, of how absolutely. flying actually right. physically works? Yes. That's a good point. That's okay. a good point. All right. Well, this would be something I would need no help with, but what are some of the cons of air travel? Okay. Cons. <laughs> there are some cons. There are some people, like you said, you hate it. I'm sure a lot of people that fly for business absolutely are so annoyed with TSA, you know, it's hard to get through TSA during busy times. Another thing that I'm sure you are familiar with is every time, no matter where I'm flying, no matter how short the flight is, when I get off that plane, I am like, okay, I'm grody. I need to take a shower. <laughs> the grody is the best way to describe air it. Yes. is not really good for your skin. Ugh. So I feel, I just feel so gross. I'm like, I need to get clean. Yeah. I need to clean myself. Uh, let's not forget to, the, one of the biggest things, this is what, this was my travel anxiety for a long time and it still is, is like, you're just so 
helpless to whatever you happens. You are, absolutely. Like with if you, your flying schedule and right. whatever. If you miss a flight, they don't care. Yeah. But if anything is wrong with a plane, you know, your delay could be anywhere from 30 minutes to several hours. And then it could eventually get canceled. And yes. so that's why it's just so unpredictable. Yeah. That was what I was freaking out about on this last flight when I was coming home from Los Angeles and I was in Denver and my flight from Denver to Oklahoma City kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Oh, yeah. And it was getting later and later at night. And I was texting you like, I think it's going to get canceled. And you were like, you know what? It might get canceled. (laughs) That's something that I I had to, when we were in college and our parents lived in Pennsylvania, I had to get over the fact that like, you have to be okay with not being in control of what happens. Flights get canceled, flights get delayed, and you just have to roll with it or yeah. rent a car and drive to your location. I thought about that. I was like looking up like how far of a drive is it from Denver And I've had friends City. do that yes. before the, where they just get so ticked off at the airlines. They're like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to rent a car and I can be there faster. Okay, real quick, one minute. For people, anybody who's flying, whether they like to fly, love to fly, or hate to fly, what are what's, what's a good go-to that will help your flight be more enjoyable? Okay, so there's this website called SeatGuru.com. Okay. I like to go to SeatGuru for looking at the best seat on that plane. You enter your flight number, you enter the airline, and it will tell you Everything about every seat. It will tell you really? good seat, bad seat, um, limited reclined seat. Oh, my gosh. A premium yes. seat that you could get through points or an upgrade. Yeah. It is just so amazing. Now, I have recommended that that website, Seat Guru, to a lot of friends who are flying internationally. Yes. That's what I was just thinking of. Yes. Because yes. there are so many airlines that will like upgrade your seat for 20 bucks or something. Right. And it's totally worth it. And Seat Guru can tell you. Hey, good seat, bad seat. That is so helpful to know. So seatguru.com can make it help you whether you love or hate flying. So good stuff. All right, let's keep rolling through these topics. What do you what do you have for me next? Okay. So for a long time now, probably a good 10 years, you have been so into personality types. You could talk you could talk probably every week about personalities and I still literally could. and not get done. And never be done. Right. I always have more words about yes. it. That's true. Okay, so do you, what do you want me to pro con pro? Like personality systems or yes. just like okay. All right, so let me set my timer because again I have a lot of words about this. I've said this many times, I will continue to say it probably the rest of my life. The reason I got into personality typing systems to begin with is I it, I needed a little help in our marriage because Kyla and I have a, some ways that we're really alike, but then we also have some ways where we are radically different. Absolutely. And so that was kind of my like gateway drug, I guess you could say, into it was like Myers-Briggs <laughs> and figuring out some of our differences on the, in the Myers-Briggs system. So I think a huge, huge, huge pro of any personality typing system. I happen to like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram quite a bit, but any system that helps you just become more self-aware, first of all, about yourself, because I like started getting into it to be like, what's wrong with my husband? (laughs) What is wrong with him? Why is he like this? Why is he so different than me? (laughs) Exactly. But the truth is, when you start getting into it, you start to go like, oh, this is why I'm like this. Things that I always thought were maybe bad about me or problematic or difficult or challenging. Like you can look at within a personality system at a lot of times and be like, oh my gosh, this is me. This makes so much sense. And just like that understanding that light bulb moment of like, this is why I do the things I do or why I think the way right. things I think about things um, is so helpful and so enlightening. And I think it really can, once you really 
become self-aware of yourself. I think it can help you in your relationships, whether it is mm-hmm. marriage, work relationships. Absolutely. I'm sure you have found this is when you're working as part of a team, as part of a bigger, you know, organization. Right. That when you can kind of start to identify personality traits in other people, I think it helps you give them grace. Sure. But I will say a major con of personality systems, any of them, if you let it, it can become a crutch. Yes. You, you can say, well, I'm an INFJ, so, so I can't. I help can't. It. Yes. Yeah. It can become so limiting. So I think that if you start to see that pattern come up in yourself, if you find you're limiting yourself, like, I don't want to do this, I can't do this, I won't do this, because I'm this, that can become a problem. Because if you start to live in that, you can kind of build like a shell around yourself and try to create this perfect little world where it only is... You're limited by your label. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. You limit yourself by your label. And I think I see a lot of people do that, especially when they first begin to dive into personality stuff. It's probably a normal thing to do, Yeah, but you got to get past that phase and start to grow from it. And so I guess that leads to my last pro is that once you have a good understanding of yourself and kind of where you fit in these systems that you can use it to draw inspiration into your life. And it can kind of be like a guidepost along your path in life. It doesn't have to be the only one, right. but it can be a guidepost. And one example of that is I haven't super gotten into the strengths finder system, which I think is a huge system to begin to learn and can explain your strengths in so many areas. I don't know a lot about it, but I did take the strengths finder test. And um, I know my number one trait that it came back with, this will probably surprise none of you. My biggest strength is positivity. <laughs> Oh, that's not surprising at all. But um, that has helped me. Actually, One of, something that I do a lot is start to think, like, what am I doing with my life? And so looking back to those strengths has kind of been like, okay, these are the things that I'm good at. And like really trying to focus in on developing those things. Lean into it, right? Lean, yes, exactly. Lean into the things that are the strengths that are inherent to my personality. Sure. So um, we've talked about a lot about personality stuff on the show before. I think a great starter place, if you are completely unfamiliar with personality systems, is my friend Ann Bogle's book, uh, Reading People. And she goes... She has a great overview of all the personality systems, and you can kind of, uh, it's a good primer that you can go from from there. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. My time is up on that. All okay. right. Hey. All right. My next one for you is something that I feel like you've really gotten into just maybe in the past year. I could be wrong. And that is cooking. Almost oh, I like love cooking. Yeah. Like as a hobby. Oh, yes, absolutely. As a single person, I think a lot of people who are either single or maybe um, it's just them and their partner, they might be like, oh, I don't want to cook a full meal. It's just us. Let's just grab takeout again or Mm -hmm. let's just have, you know, toaster waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but you have really developed your cooking skills and your cooking interests. I love cooking. So let's talk about cooking for one. Let's talk about, I'm going to set this timer. Ready, go. Give us the pros of cooking for one. The pros of cooking for one. Well, I'll tell you, when I first started cooking, I was like, man, I'm cooking all this food. I realized I love leftovers. So So what I'll usually do is I will cook a big meal on Sunday or Monday night, and then I'll literally have lunch for the rest of the week. Yes. And I just... It's, it's my own little version of meal prep. Mm-hmm. I've got four or five meals. I'll usually eat something light for dinner that mm-hmm. week, the rest of the week. Yeah. It makes it so easy. And then I don't have to cook the rest of the week. Right. 
And especially during busy times, you know, the spring semester is always so busy for me. Here's another pro. I know I was supposed to only give you one, but I'm going to give you another one. Okay. That's why I keep going. Another pro for me is that it is so comforting to me. Cooking takes my mind off of my anxiety, mm-hmm. all off of the things that I am worried about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's so soothing for right. me. Yes. There's something just so soothing and comforting about it. You know, I started really getting into cooking when I was watching, um, I think this was an awesome of the week. My Yes. Um, Laura Vitelli. Yeah, your last yes. year awesome of the week. Yes. Last summer. Yes. Right. Um, she really got me into cooking. Um, I watch a lot of other people on YouTube and it's just been inspirational for me. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now what cons are there to diving in and like really fully cooking meals uh, for just for yourself? I will say that the cooking that I do, I it's pretty involved, is a little bit time and labor intensive. Okay. I live in a very tiny apartment mm-hmm. with a very tiny kitchen. All like right. a lot of times when I cook with strong flavors, I have to open some windows. Yes. Because otherwise it'll smell right. like onions for the whole week. Right. So there are some definite cons. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. I can totally see that, especially the space issue. I hadn't thought about that, but I can definitely see that being a con. I have had to be, get very creative when it comes to storing all of my hardware. So that's been one of the challenges that I've had to kind of overcome. So for cooking for one, sometimes it can just be like, ugh, I'm just doing this for myself. But um, where, so you mentioned your YouTube channels, maybe your last pro, you could talk about where you find inspiration. Honestly, I love the Pioneer Woman. Oh my gosh. Food Network. <laughs> of course. Yes. She's an Oklahoma gal. Yes. So and her recipes are quite delicious. Yes, they are. You know, here's I'm gonna I'm gonna add a pro for you that I have seen okay. in your life is that not only do you take food for your lunches, but often you will cook for like your department. Oh, I love because you're the department chair as yes. your um, on your campus, and so you'll just like take you'll make up a new not make up but you'll like fix up a new recipe yes. and take Share it, it to with school. My yeah, yes. exactly. I love so it. it's a great way to practice hospitality too. Sure. Since you are cooking for yourself and you do have left it means that you can just share more food around. Absolutely. So I love that. Yes. All right. Well, Awesomes, it's summer and that means it's wedding season and family vacation season and family reunion season. All of those times when people are putting a camera in your face and telling you to say cheese and smile really big. But maybe you don't want to smile really big. Maybe you don't feel so great about your smile because of your teeth. Thankfully for us, there's a new company called Candid. Candid is helping people gain confidence through accessible, affordable orthodontic care. Candid makes the process of straightening your teeth convenient and awesomely easy by allowing you to take the process into your own hands. With Candid, there's no office visits needed. Everything is delivered right to your home. And with Candid, you can get straighter, brighter teeth in an average of six months. And Candid costs 
65% less than braces. And most importantly, Candid only uses orthodontists, while other aligner companies might use dentists or dental professionals to review their customers' aligner plans. Maybe you've been following along with our co-host Kelly as she has been checking out the Candid modeling kit, which allowed her to take impressions of her teeth right in her own home. After you send back your impressions with some photos of your teeth, Candid's network of orthodontists will review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment plan will look like. You're only one step away from getting straighter, wider teeth. So take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Plus, when you use our dedicated link, candidco.com awesome, you'll save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com awesome to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. candidco.com awesome. Get ready to say cheese with confidence. Thanks to Candid. What's the next one you have for me? Something that's a big part of your life that you don't really talk about very much on the show is being a mother of twins. Hmm. Is that right? Do you feel like I don't talk about I it very much? I feel like you don't talk about it very much. Okay. But it's a huge part of your I life. I definitely have a lot of words about it. Yes. <laughs> like you probably knew very not little to nothing about twin life. Oh my gosh. Before they were born. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, okay. Let me set the timer because I definitely have a lot of words about this. Pro. Pro of being a twin mom. Okay. I will say it took me a long time to come around to the awesomeness of having twins. When I got pregnant with twins, people came out of the woodwork to be like, oh my gosh, you're having twins. I always wanted twins. And I would just look at them with a blank stare like, why? How? What? Right. It just, I have like felt neutral, I guess, about twins before I got pregnant with twins. It just never occurred to me. We don't have twins in our family. No, we don't. Kyle doesn't have twins in his family. It's never been a reality. We've never been like super great friends. I mean, Kyle has friends actually that were um, groomsmen in our wedding that were twins. But like, I've never really had like super close friends that are twins. Yeah. It just never occurred to me to think, oh, I would want twins someday. Right. So it has taken me a while. My pregnancy with them was difficult. Um, I had terrible terrible, long-lasting postpartum depression after they were born. So it has been a journey to get to a place of being like, having twins is awesome. But now I really do. Now the twins are five. They just turned five in February. And I would say probably starting when they were about four, I started to be like, oh my gosh, um, having twins is awesome. Because they're (laughs) such sweet boys. They are just precious, sweet, sweet fun boys. But seeing them play together, you know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons we decided to have another baby when I got pregnant with them, we thought we were having one more, is I thought, I just want to be able to just like, now I've got two older kids, I've been through the infant years a few times, I'm going to be a much more chilled out mom, which, P.S., that didn't happen, but... um (laughs) I just thought it would be so fun to have one little one and then the big girls could play with the little one and we'd go to like play groups and I could be a young mom again, even though I'm not young. (laughs) And I just had all these visions for what it would be like to have one more little one. But whatever visions I have for how awesome that would be, it's nothing compared to seeing the twins play together. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And how entwined their lives are. Oh, yeah. 
they are the twinniest twins. They, they insist on sleeping together. Mm-hmm. They check on each other all the time. They have their own language. They have a significant speech delay because they literally have one of those speech <laughs> yes. langu- those twin languages that people talk about. And I thought was a bunch of malarkey before I had twins, but they really did develop their own communication Absolutely. system. Yes. <laughs> which didn't involve English all the time. <laughs> so, but just seeing them, how they play together, they are the, each other's constant companions. We did separate them for their pre-K year at school. I thought, this is going to be a disaster. There's no way they can be away from each other all day. It was great because they made new friends. But then at the end of the day, they would come together and just play and just love each other's company. In fact, it took us a while when school was out because they were, it took us a while to get into our groove because they were constantly fighting because they're not used to being together right. all day. So, okay. So anyway, I guess I, that would lead me to my con okay. is that the early years are tough. Right Very now tough. it's tough because they do, now we've, now that we've gotten into our summer groove, it's better. But there for a minute, they were like fighting constantly. Right. Um, infancy, toddlerhood, I can barely remember it, except that it was really hard. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was a haze for you. Like, totally it, a you, haze. I don't take this the wrong way, but you were not yourself no, when they were babies. I wasn't. It was... Like, I think Kyle and I were both, like, really worried about you. Yeah, I think and a lot you of did people it. were yeah. a little worried. Well, you didn't know that you had postpartum. I didn't realize... First of all, I didn't realize I had postpartum depression for a while. And then right. I just... You know, when you're sick, you don't know exactly. You kind of lose a grasp on how right. sick you are. And right. I didn't... I lost a grasp on that. But um, have both of the boys... So I had never had boys before. And none of right. the, neither of the girls were, like, runners. The twins were both runners. So when they got mobile... I couldn't go anywhere unless I could put them in their um, double stroller because they would both take off in different directions. I was stressed all the time. That part was hard. Feeding, diapering, all of those things. It's double everything. So you can imagine that part is hard for sure. My neighbor across the street has twin boys. And she told me a long time ago when the twins were babies, it's gotten a lot easier now that they're four. And I remember I just wanted to sob. I maybe probably did cry at the Mm -hmm. time because I was like, we're never going to get to four. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Um, But truly, once we got to four, things really did turn around. And so twin mamas who are out there, when you get to four, it gets better. Five has been Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm looking forward to every year being. Yes more and more awesome after this. Um, so my last pro, I know a lot of people are just like fascinated with twins, which again, even though I'm a twin mom now, I don't have that. Like I'm not super interested in a lot of other twin stories. And yeah. it's just become part of the story of our family. But I will say that a really fun hashtag on Instagram, this is a fun pro. If you just want to dig deeper into twin mom life, go to Instagram and follow that twin mom hashtag Mm -hmm. you will get to see all kinds of precious darling new babies and toddler twins and even older twins and a lot of twin moms will share you know in their instagram just you know resources things that have been helpful things that they're struggling with so yeah it's that has been an interesting and and an unexpected pro is finding other twin moms sense of community yeah there's a sense of community there and you can peek into it even if you aren't a twin mom on instagram but if you are a twin mom and you haven't found that community just using social media in a positive way to do that can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a bit of a turn back into some lighter territory for this next one. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready. You enjoy watching TV. I love TV. It's my way of relaxing in the evening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you have long days of school with awkward, <laughs> physically unpredictable <laughs> right. middle schoolers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Emily, this is something that is has always struck me as so funny about you. And I love it. It's so endearing to me. I don't get it. And I want you to explain it to me. I want you to pro-com pro for me. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You have a um, 
really profound sense of loyalty to the network ABC. Oh my gosh, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this might even go back to when we were kids. Yeah. Our parents both love ABC too. They do. And we would watch whatever TGI was TJF Friday. Was that on ABC? I like think so. step by step I and say it, yeah. I all saw, of those shows. It was. Why am I saying step by step? Well, there were other shows too, of course. Yeah. Family Matters. Family Matters, that whole lineup. And then yeah. we would watch like 2020. Our parents would let us stay up yes. and watch 2020, which is also probably when your obsession with true crime began. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably. I still watch it every week to this day. Okay. So you are very loyal to ABC. In fact, you won't watch the yeah. Today Show, which I like the Today Show if I'm going to watch morning TV. You I only cannot. watch Good Morning America. I cannot watch the Today Show. <laughs> all they always watched GMA. Okay. Let's pro con pro the ABC television network. All Sell right. me on it. Here we go. Their sitcoms are the best. Okay. I will tell you that one of my favorite sitcoms that just ended after probably eight or nine years is The Middle. Oh, The Middle. I love that one. The Heck I Family. Really watch it, but the ones I have seen of it are oh, it's so funny. It's, uh, I'll tell you what I like about it. It is such a wholesome show that still has a lot of really just great humor, great story arcs. Just so engaging. In fact, I cried on the last episode. It was just so, so touching. They tied everything up perfectly. Mm. So that's one example. So of that's sitcoms. one example. But you, so you feel like ABC does sitcoms really oh, well? Oh, yeah. There's Blackish, there's Modern Family. I mean, that's another great show that's been going on for quite a while. There's a new show that just started this spring called Splitting Up Together. It stars Ooh. Jenna Fisher. Right. Yes. And it's about this couple. Um, they have a couple kids and they're divorcing, but they're staying mm-hmm. in the same home. Mm-hmm. And it's really great. I hope that it stays. I hope it gets renewed. It's just such a great setup. It's such a great story. There's a lot of really touching moments in the show. I just love it. But that leads me into my con. ABC can be really bad about canceling really good shows. Oh, shoot. I hate that. I cannot even tell you how many shows that I have absolutely loved. There's one from several years ago called Off the Map. And it was about these doctors um, in a foreign country. Um, It was about these doctors in a remote country. And it was just so good. And they canceled half a season, maybe. Oh, no. Um, I feel like... Was what was that one show that you and I loved that was Lipstick jung- Jungle? No. Okay, well, they canceled that one too. Okay. Darn it. It was the funny one about the friend group. Oh my gosh, what's the name of that? Uh, Happy Endings. Happy Endings. Was that on ABC? That was on ABC. Why did they cancel that? That it was, was the best the, show ever. That was the funniest show that no one ever talked about. I know. I yes. totally agree. Oh my goodness. Okay, I did not know that was on ABC, but now I'm mad at them forever for canceling yeah. it because it was so funny yeah dude okay wasted all right so they tend to cancel let's let's end on a pro if people are not so much into abc if they've been skeptical about network tv because you know premium cable has been like where the great shows are for some for a while oh, yes absolutely. so what are some good starter shows if you're like okay i'm gonna trust emily i'll check out some of these abc shows that you can usually probably find on hulu or on demand or whatever yeah you can find the middle in syndication um, I'm sure it will be streaming on Netflix soon. Okay. Um, the Middle. Um, what are some other Modern Family. Oh, gosh, yeah. Great. There's many, I mean, many seasons of that. There's been so much that has evolved on that show. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great one. And I hear great things about Blackish and. Oh, Blackish. Blackish um, is really good at educating people on yeah. the culture. Yeah. Good. Love it. Okay. Good, good. Good stuff from ABC, supposedly, apparently, these days. Allegedly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. But yeah, you you definitely have a lot of passion for ABC Absolutely. Network. Okay. So as I was coming up with this list for you, mm-hmm. something that I've noticed that you share on your personal Facebook page mm-hmm. a lot is... When I do use it on the rare occasion. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is your compassion for it, children, just advocating oh, for children. Yeah, Whether it be true. local students mm-hmm. in the Oklahoma City School District, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you recently had a strike, a mm-hmm. teacher strike. Mm-hmm. Of course, your experience in Lebanon and how much the children just absolutely warms your heart. Of course, yes. Um, of course, with that, this goes without saying, but your passion and compassion for your own children. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like where that came from. Okay, pros. This is funny. Pros of advocating for children. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds funny. But I guess some of the pros, I mean, I think that for me, and I I suppose all of us have our things that we're passionate about that we want to see like made better in the world. Sure. I do not know that I can really identify or isolate what it was, what formative experience in my life that it was that – um, has just attracted me so much, I suppose, and and really compelled me um, to do any kind of speaking up for kids. Oh, oh my gosh, you know what it might have been? <laughs> okay. Do you remember when I was turning 17, the summer I turned 17, my friends Jamie and Jason and I were going to the lake and I got a speeding ticket yes. and I, we weren't supposed to be going down <laughs> right. to the lake. Mom and dad did not know you were going to the lake. I didn't ask for permission to go yes. to the lake. We were driving to the lake. I was going 72 and a 55. Yeah. My dad had compassion on me. And instead of, like, was it compassion or torture? I don't, know. I don't know. Because instead of paying the ticket, he, he and I went before the judge and she to get community service. Right. And that summer before my senior year of high school, she assigned to me 80 hours of community service to be done in the CASA office Mm -hmm. at our local courthouse. CASA Mm -hmm. is the Court Appointed Special Advocates Program. I never thought about it, but I wonder if that might have been part of it. Of course, I wasn't in court doing advocacy work, but I did a lot of the behind the scenes logistics. And And you loved that. You ended up absolutely loving that job. Truly. It was a very profound powerful experience for me. So maybe that's where it came from. But anyway, maybe it was in that work with CASA that I realized that I did have a passion for um, giving voice to people who don't have a voice. That's really kind of the heart of the CASA program is advocacy in courtrooms for children. Um, And that's just been something that has stuck with me. I suppose that's why I wrote a book about um, parenting from a gentle perspective, because I feel like babies, because, you know, spirit-led parenting is focused on the first year of childhood. Yeah. Babies don't have a voice right. to, um, you know, express what their needs are. And um, so I suppose that that has just been a very fulfilling part of life is finding ways to advocate for kids, especially in situations where they need someone to stand up for them. We're very involved with our local public schools. We love having children in public schools, in Oklahoma City public schools. It's very it's a very um, diverse environment that that calls forth a lot of advocacy work. Just education in Oklahoma does. Oh, absolutely. You know, not to mention kids in in, um, difficult situations around the world. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, I guess that's really true. I never thought about it, Emily, but that's so true. I don't use my personal Facebook page very much, but I definitely do use it to draw attention 
to advocacy issues for kids. So I guess a con would be that it's just very heartbreaking work. I it mean, is. there are so many ways that children are abused and ignored and neglected, trafficked, and just put in every kind of terrible situation in this world. Sure. And it is it can be really devastating, especially for sensitive people like me. Yes. And so it can be really difficult. I, I can't imagine the people who do that work day in and day out. Right. I feel like they must have a stronger sense of resilience than I do. Right. Um, because it it really takes a lot out of you. When I got back from Lebanon, I, it took me a minute to get my feet back on the ground oh, because sure. I especially kept thinking about those kids in the uh, the Syrian kids that I met in the um, refugee camp that Just, you had to leave. That yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was very. They, I still think about them all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so that's that's the hard part, is that you can get your heart tangled up in it, for right. sure. But if you are interested, I guess the last pro is that there are lots of, lots of organizations that do advocacy work that you can either give money to or you can donate your time to. I, of course, suggest looking um, look, looking at what's going on locally that you can plug into. Yes. But if you want to make a difference globally, I always, always stand behind World Vision, the organization that I went to Lebanon with. I've seen their work up close and personal. I can testify to the fact that they do amazing things. So another plug for World Vision on Sort of Awesome. But yeah, I think that the, that the one of the biggest pros is because we have social media and we're so globally connected, there are so many ways that we can help that would be unthinkable, you know, a couple of decades ago. Sure. So yeah, okay. Let's wrap up one of the things that I want you to talk to me about. Okay. And maybe you can sell a few awesomes on this too, is something that I know that you are into that I am so totally not. And that's scary movies. Oh, I love scary movies. You oh, not my only goodness. like to watch them at home, like on cable, but you will go to the theater sometimes even by your I own self. I will go to the theater by myself to watch a scary movie because yes. I don't have very many friends who enjoy scary movies. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. That's for yep. sure. I hate scary movies. Yep. But let's do it. Let's have you pro con pro scary movies for me. Okay. Probably the biggest pro to a scary movie is the adrenaline rush okay yes. i love it i hate it <laughs> oh my goodness i don't even know how i got started in scary movies i don't either i don't know unsolved mysteries maybe because <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the fact that we probably lived in a haunted house at least one haunted house yeah. yes we, we've got some stories for you for sure so, now you and i both love ghost stories oh yeah like to read a ghost story or even hear one i'm oh, okay yeah. with you we both love the podcast lore love lore love Aaron Aaron Mankey. Mankey. yeah um but i'm talking like you like even do you like gory? oh i seek it no okay now i will tell you so not horror i will tell you that i watched it a couple months ago with a friend mm-hmm. and he was like, you better get right with Jesus before you watch this movie. <laughs> I thought that movie was boring because it wasn't really ghost related. It wasn't okay. really like paranormal related. Okay. So there is a very certain genre of scary movies that I like. Like if I watched Saw, mm-hmm. wouldn't like it. Okay. So you don't like gory horror. No, they, they don't affect me. But at you all. do like paranormal. I love paranormal. Because you get that adrenaline. I do. The mystery. What's what's going on in the house? That kind of. All right. Let's rush. Let's con. Let's con those scary movies. 
I have a big con, but I want to hear what your con is. Oh, okay. I will tell you that after I watch (laughs) most scary movies, I get mad at myself because I live alone. Yep. Yep. My dog is not going to protect me from the imaginary ghosts in my apartment. Yes, exactly. I get so mad at myself. Yeah. And so spooked. Yeah. I will go to the bathroom and check behind the shower curtain. I do that on a regular basis. And is it hard to fall asleep because you're like listening yes, to every little noise? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to get a palate cleanser. I'll have to watch an episode of Friends or something to mm, kind of right. bring me back to reality. Yes. That's my deal. I get so spooked. I will be afraid to go in the basement to change out the laundry because oh, I'm yeah. like, I can't go down there oh, and yeah. I'm almost forty one years old. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, getting spooked, getting a little overly spooked. Yes. It's definitely a con of scary movies. Okay. For sure. Um, so let's end your pro with like, again, suggestions. If you are like, I uh, I kind of like ghost stories. I want to get my feet wet. Yes. Yeah. In the ghost story genre, the spooky, scary story genre. Where would you well, say to start? Honestly, I know you've watched on Amazon. There are the the original episodes oh, yeah. of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> Those still scare me. The, yeah. the music that goes with it the robert stack guy still creepy to me yes so watch old shows of unsolved mysteries and also also on destination america if you get that channel Mm -hmm. um there are old and new episodes of a haunting okay so it's like an hour-long show of a real-life family who has experienced a haunted house you and aj can watch those she loves those too you guys can just have a little marathon of those i can't watch them yeah the more real life it is the more i can't deal with it i think that's what i love about paranormal activity Mm -hmm. because it's so like it's so realistic no is that a movie or a show that's a movie okay and there's several several like there's like a sequel and like a there's like one two and three sequels okay yeah of paranormal activity. Of paranormal activity. And you like it because it is realistic? Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, it's like a mockumentary, basically. Is it fiction? It's fiction. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. But it's okay. like stuff that could really happen in real life. Mm, I hate it. All right. Okay, but if you want to go check some out yourself, if you're ghost story curious. Go for it. <laughs> go for it for sure. Okay. Well, do you have one last topic for me? Um, I actually do. Before this sort of awesome podcast was created, I really was not familiar. I'm sure like most people, I was not familiar with mm. the whole world of podcasts. Okay, right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I knew they existed in a very far off universe. Far off universe. <laughs> not as close as your local iPhone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But you have really delved into it for quite a while now. Yes. There's quite a few that you listen to. Right, yeah. What is the lore, do you think, okay. from your perspective in so, podcasts? So pro-con pro podcasts? Yes. All right, I'm going to set my timer again because, hello, five minutes. Yes. Where do I even begin? I think that podcasts are so such an important part of our culture right now because they create the, they have enough space to work with mm-hmm. to really flesh out a thing right and it does and that really lends itself to something serious for example like true crime i think that's why true crime podcasts are such a huge part of the true crime genre because oh, absolutely. they can really step back and put a story together and i think that that's so um 
fascinating and it can really just get one thing about podcasts is they really they get into your like brain space oh absolutely you know because a lot of times we're either listening through the speakers in our car or we have our earbuds in it's a really intimate communication experience yes and so with something like a a true crime podcast you really can like zone out what's happening around you you can and be really involved in the story but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's really can be really fun comedy podcast again huge thing not serious something that just takes your mind off of things and well, makes you were you mentioning your babysitters club oh my podcast. gosh babysitters yeah. club club podcast i laugh every single week that podcast is so funny i have literally sat down in my kitchen floor with tears streaming down my face oh my goodness because i was laughing so hard okay i think you just sold me that i need to start listening to if it if you're gonna start you gotta start at the beginning um it's So it takes you out of your circumstances you're in and brings you to a new place. Now, audiobooks obviously can do the same thing. But the thing about an audiobook is eventually it ends. It's a book. Right. With a podcast, you can form a relationship over time, which again, that Babysitter's Club Club podcast, I did start with episode one. It's funnier now to me because I know Jack and Tanner, the hosts of the podcast. I know these little bits and pieces of their life, of what they like, of private jokes from that go back to the beginning of the series. So and Patrick and Jillian uh, yes. from True Crime Obsessed, they do the same thing. Yes, exactly. You form the relationship. So unlike an audiobook, which I listen, I love audiobooks and you do have a relationship. And I think you have a relationship with a book as you're reading it, but eventually it comes to an end. Right. With a podcast, it's over time. Um, I feel that way about Pop Culture Happy Hour at NPR. I've been listening to it for years and years and it's a getting together with friends experience yeah. for sure. So I think that's one of the biggest pros of it is it creates not only space, it creates a, it carves out a space, I guess you could say, to do its work, whether it's making you laugh or tell stories or like this show, let you chat with your girlfriends that you only know through your earbuds. Right. So there's the the format itself allows uh, a little bit more time, but then the fact that it goes over time you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. The, even if it's a limited series, like, say, Serial Season 1, which was limited, but it yeah. still spans some time as you're getting into the story. Well, and also another thing is, like, for example, Serial, Sarah Koenig really brought exposure to Adnan Saeed's story. Mm-hmm. It can make a real difference, all too. all of the intricacies yeah. of it. Yes. yes. Several podcasts, especially in the true crime area, have had breaks in the cases because of oh, the podcast wow. production. That's so fascinating. So, so I guess cons would be, they, it's sort of like the other side of that time coin is they do take time. Absolutely. And if you're a podcast fan like I am, like I subscribe to a lot of podcasts and then I get behind on them. You have to carve out time. You do. Yeah. And so during the school year, it's a little bit easier because I don't have kids around. But during the summer, I get so far behind on podcast listening because I'm my sure. kids are always around. And I don't, that's a time when I don't want to like peace out from the world right. around me. You yes. know, I need to be, and I want to be fully engaged. So yeah. it's a little bit harder. They do take time, which is why, gosh, I'm so honored that anybody pushes play on Sort of Awesome Aww. because this is a time commitment. Yes, you know what is. I mean? It's, Absolutely. It's an hour of your week that you are sharing with us. And that's a really big deal. And it, I guess it's kind of a con though, is that unlike skimming an article or a blog post or something, like you're in it. You have to be engaged. Yeah. Like if you're reading an article, you can have TV going yes, on in the background. Yes, exactly. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. when you're listening to a podcast, you have to be there. Right. So I guess other pros would be that they are super accessible now. It used to just be that you could um, listen on what we now call Apple Podcasts, but iTunes. I can remember when I first started listening to Tish's show, uh, my friend Tish Oxenrider, which was called um, the, just the Simple Mom Podcast at the time. 
I could not for the life of me figure out how to listen on my phone through the iTunes app. Mm -hmm. I would just sit and listen to it on through a browser. Yeah. And um, now, oh my gosh, my time's almost up. Now there's so many ways you can listen in podcast apps and on Spotify, which all of us usually have access to. There's yes. so many ways that you can engage with podcasts. And I don't know. They're just awesome. I love them. Okay. Oh, yay. <laughs> love it. Okay. We have talked y'all's ear off, as is often the case. And believe me, Emily and I will probably have follow-up conversations between the two of us about the things we were just oh, talking about. I can't wait for the sort of awesome hangout group discussion threads. That's yes. like my favorite part of coming on your show is oh, like other people connecting so with glad. us. I love it. Definitely. Emily is in the Hangout group. Is there any social media that where people could find you and follow you if they yeah, want to Yeah, they can better? follow me on Instagram. Okay. I am Emily34331. Okay. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Don't forget, of course, you can find me anytime on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. This show is on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash sort awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for letting us pro con pro out these topics with you. We can't wait to hear what thoughts you have to share with us. Thanks for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.